So tonight, I want to ask all of you a question. It's a little bit of a sensitive question. How old are you? How old are you this year? Why do I ask? It's a question which I was taught you should never ask anyone, especially not a woman. Now, that's a whole other sermon why it's actually more challenging for women to age in our society than it is for men, but the sensitivity and the private nature of our age is something to take note of. To me, it seems to be about the fear of getting older and the obsession that our society has with staying young. Our age and our stage of life is, of course, a tremendous apart, tremendously a part of who we are. Several years ago, before COVID, I attended a book reading in person in San Francisco by Ashton Applewhite, the author of This Chair Rocks, a manifesto about ageism. Ashton writes, aging is a natural, lifelong, powerful process that unites us all. At the reading, Ashton wore a necklace that had a combination of many photos of herself at different ages, from being a little girl, a toddler, all the way around to almost 70 years of age, instead of a name tag. It was a way for people to see her as she was and is. And for her, it was a shield against the pervasive ageism she perceived occurring, which she sees in line with things like racism, sexism, and homophobia, ageism. In our tradition, aging and the experience that accompanies it is an honor. You get better and wiser and more respected the older you are, well, at least in the Bible. Because of the relativity of time, meaning that a day was probably not 24 hours and a year was not 365 days, we know that Methuselah was probably not 969 years old, Noah was not 950, Sarah was not 127, and Moses probably didn't make it to 120 years old. But a person's age did matter, and it still does. In fact, the only parsha which bears the name of a woman, Chaye Sarah, or the life of Sarah, what we're told about her is that she dies at 127 years. That's what it says. It doesn't say she died at 127 years old. It says that she was 100 years and 20 years and 7 years. That was the lifespan of Sarah. Sarah's lifetime included the seven-year-old little girl, the 20-year-old young adult, and the 100-year-old saging, aging woman. It shows us that we're not only the age we are today, we're all the ages combined that we've been so far. So I'm going to ask you, do you remember being seven years old? What do you remember? For some of you, if you're 13, it was just a few years ago. For some of you, if you're 99, it was quite a few years ago. How would you describe yourself at seven? And how about 20-year-old you? Who were you then? What were you like? And now, can you not only remember yourself as a child or a young adult, but can you feel those parts of yourselves still vibrant and alive, even if people, when they meet you or see you, only see the person you are today at this age and stage of your life? The way that Sarah is described in the Torah, in Chaye Sarah, reminds me of Ashton's necklace, as if we could meet people at all the ages and stages of their life before we actually see them. During the marathon of High Holy Days during the fall, we're reminded over and over again of the length of our days, including the great teaching of Rabbi Eliezer, who says, repent the day before you die. 
It seems apparent that most of us are unaware of the day of our death. We think of it, we ponder it, we avoid it, we dream about it, we fear it, but we live with the uncertainty of how long we're actually going to be here. In Genesis, it says that we're going to be allowed 120 years, and in Psalm 90, it says 70. So somewhere between 70 and 120 years were given in this world. Now, in case you're wondering, there are longevity calculators online. Has everybody, anybody ever gone to a longevity calculator? Don't. Don't do it. I actually did it before I wrote the sermon. You enter all of your personal data, your income, your gender, your race, your health, and out pops how long you have left to live. I'm telling you, don't do it. It was not a fun exercise tonight. Now, I don't have an idea if it was actually close to correct, but it's sobering to see a number that a computer algorithm pops out. The average life expectancy today in our country is 88 years old. The calculator told me I have a 75% chance that I will live that long. Now, I had to stop there because then the next tab told me I needed more money to live that long in San Francisco. <laughs> and then the next tab offered me investment opportunities. So I just, well, warning, I think some of them are actually sales tools, not just longevity calculators. Mm. Dr. Bill Thomas, the American author, performer, and authority on geriatric medicine and elder care said that the happiest decade in most people's lives is your, what do you think it is? 70s. 70s. Closely followed by your 80s. On the flip side, people in their 40s are the unhappiest, according to his data. And he actually says the age 47 is the most unhappiest year of most people's lives. Why? He said it has to do with older adults' ability to be in control of their emotions. They can experience moments of poignancy at the same time as happiness. They have more insights into the problems of everyday living and are better able to balance them. So if we're our happiest in our 70s, and if you haven't gotten there yet, well, good news. We're heading there. So why is there such a stigma about aging? Dr. Thomas suggests it's because we are constantly being compared to our younger selves, and we do it to ourselves. He challenges us to outgrow adulthood and become the elders of America, just as children outgrow childhood to become adults. He likes the word elder better than elderly or even older adult. As I get closer to those ages, I understand more and more how important our sages and our elders are. In Yiddish, we call them the altakakers of our community, and they are the ones we actually should be focusing on. All too often, we ask young people for advice. I mean, I do all the time about technology, but that seems normal, right? People who are like under 15. But those people who are in their 80s and 90s and 100s are the ones we should be focusing on if we want to learn about and be prepared for the future. Several of our members are either already over 100 or, like some people in this sanctuary, are almost 100 years old. I love spending time talking to them, listening to their stories, and they actually give the best advice. So this year, during the month of Elul, I spent time listening to our elders. And each Rosh Hashanah, we acknowledge that as time passes, we get farther away from our beginning moments and closer to the ending ones. And this year, 5782, I began to think about tshuva in a new way. Part of it was the necklace that Ashton wore with all the pictures of herself at different ages. It was the first time I met somebody whose faces at different ages I met when she was almost 70. 
I got to see her as a baby and as a teenager and as a 20-year-old. I've started to think about how we can take each year as a way to change our lives, to take each Rosh Hashanah as a point in time when we mark our own new beginning. We don't have the choice when we're born or when we die, but if we take each Rosh Hashanah as an invitation to change our relationships and our reactions, the way we treat ourselves and others, then each year is actually a Bereshit, not just in the beginning, but in a beginning. Then we can make each year not only a time when we reflect on getting older, but on getting wiser, deeper, more loving, more generous, and more ourselves. And so what I will tell you is that I made a commitment to myself, and if I was wearing a button, not a necklace, the button would say, ask me about 5782 Sydney. Yours would say, ask me about 5782, uh, 5782 Marsha. 5782 Joel, 5782 Beth. I feel like, what was that um, television show? Was it Romper Room where we were calling people's names out? Ask me about my 5782 self. Are there things that you have done, reactions you have had, the kind of person that you've been all the way up to now that you really wish you could change? Could you treat somebody better? Could you have a different conversation? Could you be more loving to yourself? That's your 5782 commitment to yourself. So tonight, this Shabbat, this week, I ask you 13-year-olds, what are you going to do differently in 5782 that's going to change yourself, going to make a relationship better that you're in right now that might not be at its best? And what are you going to do in 5782 to change the world? It's a beret sheet every year, and it can be a beret sheet every day. I want you to all also turn to our elders, ask them for help, our wise ones, our hachamim, our altakakers, they will tell you that each year is really a precious gift, a precious beginning, and we aren't only getting older, we're also getting better. Shabbat shalom.